On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla has announced its production and delivery numbers for the just completed quarter number two, and the tallies are pleasantly surprising. Plus, a small but significant change to the design studio for Model 3 and Model Y buyers, a rumored construction completion date for Giga Mexico, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. This episode publishing July 9th, 2023. It is a palindrome this week, episode 414. It reads the same front or back. I don't know. I just always like palindromes. They amuse me. Anyway, some warm-up news for you here. First up, Tesla has updated its referral program again in the United States. This comes via Tesla tipster Sawyer Merritt, who noticed it and wrote, New Model Y and Model 3 buyers who use a referral code now get $500 off and three free months of FSD. Before, buyers only got 1,500 loot box credits worth about $125. Referrers of a new 3 or Y now get 10,000 credits worth approximately $1,000, which is five times more than before. Well, remember how I said the end of quarter perk from last month, June, of course, which was at that time three free months of supercharging? I said it wasn't all that great. Well, I guess Tesla must have heard me loud and clear because this is a much better offer. Three months of FSD is plenty of time to at least try it out and I would think should lead to plenty more $200 per month ongoing subscriptions for them, and maybe a few $15,000 all-in purchases of FSD as well. And meanwhile, that $500 off, well, that'll cover your unavoidable fees like the delivery fee that's on every car that any manufacturer makes, really, not just Tesla, you know, DMV registration, those kind of things. 500 bucks off is not nothing. That's a nice little bonus. Now, I will say that I'm surprised that they're offering this on the Y. The Model 3, not a surprise, because, of course, Project Highland looms. And on that note, by the way, I'm now hearing, can't say for sure, but I'm now hearing that Highland is not, in fact, going to be imminent imminent, but instead it might be around the model year changeover instead which occurs in usually in early November is when they start building the next model year's cars. But the why is the one I'm surprised that they're choosing to offer any incentive at all on, because as you all know now, the Model Y is it's not officially there yet. It is on its way to becoming the best-selling car in the world. It's had major price cuts this year. So maybe, and this goes back to something I mentioned on last week's podcast, Maybe Tesla is gearing up to lose a bit of Model 3 production in Shanghai and possibly also Fremont as they retool for Project Highland. And thus this incentive on the Model Y might be in place to try and make sure that the Model Y sales are able to pick up the slack for a dip in Model 3 production during 
that Highland changeover. So again, I'll, I'll tell you the same thing I mentioned at the end of every podcast with regard to the referral codes. If you need one, hopefully you've got a friend, family member, or coworker that can give you theirs so that you can both benefit from those loot box credits. But if you just need one, if you don't have anybody in your, your so-called Tesla life besides me, I will be happy to give you my referral code. Just reach out to me via either email, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet me, DMC underscore Ryan, or you can uh, direct message me on Instagram on the same handle there, DMC underscore Ryan. Just trying to play by the rules with Tesla here and not promote a referral link on uh, on a big platform like a podcast or a YouTube video or anything. But anyway, just, yeah, make sure you're taking advantage of somebody's referral code, referral link, because you do need to order with the link. They, uh, My understanding is Tesla will not go back and retroactively apply a referral credit to an order that's already been placed. But just, yeah, make sure you're using somebody's referral link if you are ordering a new Tesla. The next bit of warm-up news I have for you will be mighty familiar because right in this spot on the show seems to be uh, a, a reoccurring theme. It's almost like a regular segment now, and it is this week in NACS. So if you had Mercedes-Benz in your office pool for who the next automaker would be to sign on with Tesla's NACS system. Well, congratulations, you win this week's pool because it is Mercedes-Benz. Same deal as before. They will start supporting via an adapter in 2024, and it'll be 12,000 of the superchargers in North America, so the same exact ones that all the other manufacturers that have signed on will have access to. And then in 2025, Mercedes-Benz will begin producing vehicles for North America, of course, with the NACS plug built right in. So for those keeping score at home, we are still waiting on the following. The Volkswagen Group, which is the big one because it includes Volkswagen itself, Porsche, and Audi. And as I've said, all three of those car makers are making EVs and making pretty good ones. So that's the next big domino to fall. But you've also got BMW out there. You've got Hyundai Kia that hasn't signed on. And Dodge slash Stellantis is on the table still as well. And I suppose we can add Lucid to that list as well because they're, you know, they're still a very small boutique automaker at this stage, but I am rooting for them. They have, by all accounts, an excellent product and it would be great to see them offer supercharging support as well. In fact, I mean, just real quick on Lucid, they currently make the longest range EV in the world at 500 and I believe it's 20 miles, 519 or 520. So if you could get one of the Lucid Airs with the max range and have it support NACS and be able to plug into superchargers, well, suddenly your 520-mile range Lucid, you know, on the Electrify America, the third-party charging system, 525 miles of range, it's still not really enough to be a reliable road trip car because unfortunately, as we have seen, the non-Tesla fast charging network is just not as plentiful or reliable. But if Lucid were to sign on, suddenly 
you know, maybe some more people in that in that uh, car buying bracket, that high end luxury sedan bracket, might look at the Lucid Air and go, well, wait a second, 520 miles of range, and I can just pop into a Tesla supercharger when I need to. Heck yeah, that sounds great. So anyway, those are the big players that have yet to sign on to NACS. We'll see who signs on for next week's show. <laughs> if I'll if I'll be talking about another automaker in this spot on episode 415. Uh, Before I get started with the full-blown proper Tesla news for this week, I do hope all of you who are kindly supporting me and this podcast on Patreon at that $10 a month tier, which I call the ludicrous tier, because all of my support tiers on Patreon are named after speed modes in your Tesla. But I hope all of you on that $10 or higher per month tier enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode. I do them every single week on Patreon. And this one was about my thoughts on Tesla's 20th anniversary. Yes, their 20th birthday happened last week on July 1st, specifically. So on July 3rd, no, 4th. I did it on the 4th of July because I had the day off. So I recorded that just kind of looking back, reflecting on kind of the big picture of Tesla in that time and looking ahead to the future a little bit. So I hope you'll check that out if you have access on Patreon. And if you are not currently supporting me on Patreon, well, you don't have to. It's, of course, voluntary. This podcast will always be free. But I do hope that at some point, maybe you say to yourself, you know what, Ryan? Yes, you put a lot of work into this every single week, a lot of love, a lot of research, a lot of enthusiasm, and a lot of professionalism. I would like to support you on Patreon. And if you do choose to do that, there are those perks waiting for you at each support tier. Those perks all stack as well. So if you do jump into that $10 a month tier, you get not just this week's, next week's, and every lightning round that I've done so far, which is 53 of them, but you also get early access to each week's show. So uh, check that out, patreon.com slash Podcast. That is my Patreon website address. Please check it out sometime. All right, here we go. Tesla's Q2 production and delivery numbers are in, and they are good. Tesla issuing the most basic press release you possibly could. A one-sentence press release saying simply, in the second quarter, we produced nearly 480,000 vehicles and delivered over 466,000 vehicles. The specific breakdowns are as follows. As always, these are broken into two groups, not four. S and X grouped together, three and Y grouped together. So on the S and X front, we had 19,489 S's and X's combined produced and 19,225 of them delivered. The three and the Y put together were 460,211 vehicles produced and 446,915 delivered. So for some context, quarter over quarter, this is about a 10% bump in deliveries and about an 8.8% increase in production, which is really good. If you want to look at it year over year, which I think is also valuable as well, because as we know, the the calendar year can be, uh, shall we say, 
different from you know one quarter to the next. Q1 is not equal to Q2, is not equal to three, is not equal to four. Q4 generally being the highest quarter in terms of car sales, people want cars in Q4. Q1 tends to be the lowest, so therefore it can be instructive to look quarter over quarter. And that number, so excuse me, year over year, pardon me. So year over year, the bump is 85% higher production than Q2 of 2022 and 83% increase in deliveries comparing this Q2 to last year's Q2. That is simply incredible growth. In fact, for once, Wall Street was actually impressed with the Tesla growth story as the stock popped 6.9%, nice, the very next trading day and closed out having a good week overall, dropped a couple of bucks here on Friday, but closing the week over $274 per share. Now, I said this on last weekend's monthly Patreon Zoom hangout call when somebody brought up the topic, since at that point when we did the call, these numbers, the Q2 production and delivery numbers, hadn't been released yet, but I had said on that Zoom call that I was personally most curious to see the Model S and X numbers since it seemed like we'd been getting a lot of little indications that demand might be lagging a bit on the S and the X. We'd seen price drops on those cars during the quarter. We'd seen the new ultra red paint color as an incentive, you know, exclusive to those two cars. Uh, That came last quarter. The free supercharging perks, the increased loyalty program offers, etc. But as it all turns out, the S and the X ended up being pretty flat quarter over quarter. Basically, all of the growth this quarter came from the three and from the Y. Now, S and X production, as I mentioned, was 19,489 for Q2 versus Q1, it was 19,400. 37, so about as flat as you can possibly get. I will say that I remain a bit concerned about S and X demand, though, not only for those aforementioned indicators that Tesla's maybe having to work a little bit harder to convince people to buy those cars, but because if you take Q1 and Q2, i.e., the first half of 2023, and tally it up, it's under 40,000 cars for the first half of the year. Again, 40,000 S's and X's combined, which puts those two models on a pace for the entire year of under 80,000. And the fact is, these are incredible vehicles that have been in the past and should still be doing 100,000 to 120,000 units per year. So I'm going to continue to keep my eye on these S and X numbers for when this quarter's results come in in three months from now to see if the numbers continue to stay flat or if they're able to pick up a bit. But as for the Model 3 and the Model Y, it's possible, again, I was talking about this a little bit earlier, that Model 3 numbers specifically might dip a bit this quarter as Giga Shanghai and again, possibly also Fremont make preparations for Project Highland. But again, 
any Model 3 lag in production probably going to be offset by the Model Y, which now has all four factories that it's produced in, making them at full volume, aka 5,000 cars per week or more, as Tesla defines full volume production. I mean, I guess I never really did the math in my head, but when you do that real quick, Tesla is now making more than 20,000 Model Ys every single week around the world total, which is a pace of 1 million Model Ys per year. More than that. It is a pace of over 1 million Model Y per year. Anyway, though, if the Project Highland Prep does slow down the Model 3 and the Y does in fact compensate for it, as I expect it to, and perhaps these referral bonuses are trying to help ensure that, we'll never know it. We'll never know because, of course, Tesla doesn't give numbers for the 3 and for the Y individually, only pooled together. Now, as for Q3, the one that we have just started right now, I would expect that Tesla should easily have its first ever half a million car quarter. Because if it maintains that 10% production growth quarter over quarter, they would do about 527,000 cars this quarter. Which, boy, that's a lot. That is just awesome to see. And a final note on this before I move on to the next story, because as usual, there are, there's plenty to talk about this week. As I suspected on last week's episode... The earnings call for Q2 will indeed be on Wednesday, July 19th. So that means I will have my quarterly recap, highlights, and analysis episode in two shows from now, which will be episode 416. As always, there will be lots to talk about. Like, for instance, will this be the quarter where Cybertruck starts showing up on the production and delivery chart? Is that a thing we're going to be talking about in three months from now? In fact, this week's Patreon poll was on the subject of the Cybertruck and production and deliveries for this quarter. I asked you guys simply, do you think there will be any production and deliveries? Actually, I specifically said, do you think Tesla will deliver any Cybertrucks this quarter? And a lot of votes on this one. Well over 200. In fact, maybe this might be the the most amount of votes I've ever had in in one of these polls so far. Again, these polls are open to the public. They're on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Podcast. But you do not need to be a backer to vote in the Patreon poll. That is open to anybody. The results, pretty surprising, I'm going to say, and very just, just interesting. Listen to this. So again, the question, do you think Tesla will deliver any... Cybertrucks this quarter, and I said in the descriptor text, be it to employees, big-time investors, and or regular customers, and thus officially launching the vehicle, 50% of you said no. You do not think Tesla will deliver any Cybertrucks this quarter. 47%, it was neck and neck, 47% of you said yes, and the remaining 2% Yes, I realize that there's there's some tenths of a point, some rounding going on here on Patreon, but 2% of you said, I'm not sure at this point, or just show me the results. That was what a couple of, a few of you chose there. So it, neck and neck, people are, you guys are pretty torn on whether or not it's going to happen this quarter. 
if I were to have voted in this poll, and it doesn't let me because I'm the person that created the poll, which makes sense. You don't want to skew the poll at all. Uh, I would have voted yes. So I would have inched it just a little bit closer to 50-50 on that. I do think that there are going to be a small handful of, of Cybertrucks almost certainly going to employees. And a couple, I'll give you a couple of the comments on the poll here real quick. Um, we've got Aaron McFarlane saying 100 to 1 that those deliveries will be only to employees near Austin this quarter if they do deliver. And I agree with you on that, Aaron. I, w- I would not take your 100 to 1 bet because I think you're right. Tesla Barbarian saying, just like a magic eight ball would say, all signs point to yes. Uh, we had, let's see, Howard Anthony Smith. I think they could, but will they if they only have a few ready for delivery? I would, but I also appreciate delivery parties where multiple people get to take delivery at the same time. Lewis Vaughn saying, I'm not really confident, but I have all my fingers crossed, so I voted yes. Thank you to everybody for commenting. Thank you to everybody for voting. So that is, I mean, that is the big story for this quarter, right? There's there's nothing bigger that could possibly happen in the world of Tesla than the question of whether or not Cybertruck deliveries are going to start. I mean, production is almost certainly going to start. It's just a question of whether or not any deliveries will actually occur by September 30th. Next up this week, well, another week, another design studio tweak. You could rhyme that. Another week, another design studio tweak. And this is a significant one. Uh, and it is this. Tesla has changed the quote-unquote free paint color from pearl white multi-coat to midnight silver metallic. Now, this is only on the Model 3 and the Model Y. As of this recording, the Model S and Model X still have the white as the default, as the, you know, the by default I mean the no extra cost paint color. And on the S and the X, Midnight Silver Metallic will cost you $1,500 extra if you would like that color. Now, interestingly, on the 3 and the Y, the Pearl White Multicoat, now that it's a paid paint color again, it's an, it's an upcharge, it's only $1,000 of an upcharge. And I say only there because that's half of the $2,000 that it used to cost before it became the quote-unquote free color. So I suppose this is good news if you either A, haven't ordered your three or or Y, and you really like Midnight Silver Metallic, and you missed the window where both of them were free for a little while there. Or this is good news if B, you are tired of seeing so many white Teslas on the road, which is definitely a sentiment that I have seen expressed particularly in areas like where I live that have a high concentration of Teslas. Now you'll start to see more and more midnight silver metallic threes and Ys around. You know, I'll be honest with you, as always, I am surprised that the pearl white multi-coat lasted as long as it did as the free color because, as I had pointed out, when it first became that default no extra cost paint color, Having to not pay anything for that white, it just quite simply made it the best bang for your buck. Just talking purely financial here. Because, of course, paint color on a car is subjective. For some people, 
pearl white multi-coat is your favorite. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. For some of you, you don't like it at all. I mean, it's, it's, it's that way with any paint color on any car and that's totally fine. But from a purely financial perspective, again, it really was the best bang for your buck while it was free because of Tesla's mere five paint colors here in the United States, because of course in there's five in, in Giga Berlin, five for Europe, but two of them are brand new, absolutely beautiful new paint colors. But here in North America, the same five paint colors on the three and the Y that we've had since the three and the Y were introduced. Uh, in fact, we've lost a paint color since the model three was introduced. In fact, technically we've lost two because the model three had the original silver metallic available for a little while there up until the fall of 2018. And also dropped in fall of 2018 was obsidian black metallic, which was a metallic, it was a multi-layer black with a little metallic flake in it, uh, which didn't last too long as an option. Anyway, I'm getting off track, sorry. So my point here, <laughs> to come back to it, about the, the pearl white multi-coat being the best bang for your buck while it lasted, and, and the fact that it's now $1,000 instead of 2,000. So of Tesla's five paint colors, two of them are multi-coat, the red and the white. And the red has always been the highest upcharge. It is $2,000 for multi-coat red on the three and the Y. But if I recall correctly, I think it was $2,500 at one point. And ultra red on the S and the X is $3,000. And, and the fact is Tesla's white from a just technical standpoint, a, an objective standpoint, it's multi-coat. It's got the metallic flake. It's a really nice paint quality. It's a nice paint job, basically. You just might not like the color necessarily, but it had a lot going for it. And so because of that, it did always surprise me that Tesla was willing to give it away for quote unquote free, but they did so for quite some time. Now, presumably this might enable production at the Fremont factory and probably Giga Texas as well to speed up a tad because if the default paint color, i.e. the one that is inevitably going to have the most amount of orders now because it doesn't cost anything extra, that default paint color isn't a multi-coat. So that's why I, I figure that production might speed up a bit as a result of this. Now, I confess I don't know anything about how painting cars works, but I would have to presume that it takes less time to do so if there's one less coat of paint that's needed during the painting process. So uh, anyway, that's a big change. Look forward to more midnight silver metallic cars on the streets in a town by you, in your town, in fact. Next this week, here's an out of the blue update on third party apps in your Tesla. The story comes via not a Tesla app who writes, a new addition has surfaced in your Tesla account settings. Under profile settings on the web, there is a new option that will let you manage third-party applications. It appears this feature is in its emergent stage with no way to add apps yet. However, this development signifies that Tesla could be close to releasing official support for third-party apps giving you an official and more privacy concise way to let other services 
I guess it should be privacy-centric way. Let's call it that. Uh, Privacy-centric way, privacy-aware way to let other services access your vehicle. These third-party apps should not be confused with the apps in your vehicle and the rumored Tesla app store. So thank you to not a Tesla app for that. In other words, this could be official API support for some of the more popular data tracking Tesla apps out there like Teslab and others. And I would have to imagine that this is a key step in two other big parts of Tesla's future. Number one, fleet management for companies that buy large quantities of Tesla like Hertz already has done. And number two, seamless supercharger usage for the owners of non-Tesla EVs from Ford GM, Rivian, Volvo, Polestar, Mercedes-Benz, etc. starting next year. I think those are the two use cases that are the bigger picture pieces of this. And remember too, that Tesla is every bit a software company as much as a hardware company. So odds are they've probably got even bigger plans for this than even what I've considered here. Next up, the sourcing. So there's two, I have two more stories for you. And admittedly here, the sourcing is a little dicier on these final two stories. So I say that and I say, take them both with a medium-sized grain of salt, but they're both interesting nevertheless, so let's talk about them. First, a recent report from China has suggested that Tesla's Gigafactory Mexico is now expected to start vehicle production around Q1 of 2025. The electric vehicle maker reportedly shared the update tar- updated target time frame to component suppliers in China. I saw this written up on Teslarati, who summed it up as follows, quote, Citing people reportedly familiar with the matter, China-based publication Late Post noted that Tesla ended up underestimating the difficulty of building a facility in Mexico. As per the publication, Tesla has reportedly informed its suppliers that if they fail to complete localized production in Mexico by 2025, they might not only find it difficult to secure orders from the upcoming facility, they may also lose their export deals to Tesla's American factories. In other words, shape up or ship out. Now, I suppose I shouldn't be so hasty uh, because being in the US, I, I have no idea how credible late post is or isn't, but let's entertain this for a moment. It's totally believable because A, each gigafactory usually takes 12 to 16 months to build and become operational. And B, to the best of my knowledge, ground has not yet been broken on Giga Mexico and we're already in mid-2023. And so Q1 of 2025 certainly sounds plausible at this point, at least to me. I think the question then becomes... Do the first generation three cars go into production in that facility, Giga Mexico, or is there a chance that they could come out sooner from one of the other Giga factories? Now, to me, Giga Shanghai seems like the obvious backup plan in terms of production capacity, 
but cars that would be built there wouldn't qualify for the Inflation Reduction Act tax credits. So on the other hand, you've got Giga Texas, which definitely has room for expansion. We know that from presentations that Tesla has given, but would they be able to spin up an entire other production line for a brand new car on a brand new platform that remember is also scheduled to be manufactured in a radical new way? Can they do all of that in that short of a time frame at Giga Texas? Fremont is out. And by the way, with Texas, the answer is maybe. I mean, maybe they can, but none of us can be sure. It's going to be a tall order if it is possible. But Fremont is out. They are packed to the gills at that facility. We know that. Berlin is a definite maybe, though presumably they would need to get their 4680 battery cell manufacturing facility done first. And last we knew, I'm not even sure that that facility is underway yet. So Mexico may actually end up being where the Generation 3 car first gets made. Q1 2025, if we look ahead, that is seven quarters away at this point, which really isn't that many. So we'll see what happens with this. Be keeping a close eye on it for sure. And finally this week, a new report suggests that the Tesla Model 3 refresh will get upgraded CATL M3P battery packs. Saw this on Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, According to Chinese media outlet 36KR, the refreshed Model 3 will be equipped with CATL's M3P lithium iron phosphate battery packs, aka LFP. With the new battery pack, the entry-level rear-wheel drive variant would also see a boost in the size of the battery pack, going from 60 kilowatt hours to 66. If accurate, those extra six kilowatt hours would translate into about 50 kilometers or 35 miles of additional CLTC rated driving range. If this proves to be true, I can already tell you that the Tesla community wasted no time. Have They've already done the math on this and the EPA rated range would be just under 300 miles for the LFP Project Highland Model 3. 295 miles is the specific best guesstimate calculation here. And should the prices of the Model 3 stay right around 40000 for that base model when the Highland revamp happens, I'll tell you, that would make for an incredible value to an already great bang-for-your-buck car in the form of the revamped Project Highland Model 3. And you know, this does make some sense though, if you think about the overall Tesla lineup. If you push the base Model 3 to about 300 miles of range, and I should add daily usable range, thanks to the LFP pack, that would open up room at the lower end of the spectrum of Tesla's lineup for the Generation 3 car, which, again, I expect to be priced roughly in the $25,000 to $30,000 range, and I think would likely then be around 250 miles of EPA-rated range, at least for the base model, for that base model version of it. 
It also would do something else. It would squeeze the competition who, thanks to Tesla's cost per kilowatt hour advantage on batteries that continues to grow by the day, would have a very hard time matching the 300 miles of range for the price. Now, I was obviously wrong about seeing Project Highland in June. That did not happen. Will it be July? Will Tesla try to wait until after the Cybertruck is launched? And again, what I'm hearing now is it's looking more like it in fact will be after the Cybertruck's launch later on in the year as we get towards the model year transition in November. Uh, We've seen, you know, so far we've been seeing lots of covered up prototypes. We've had plenty of information leak out. Uh, Tesla is also now blocking drones that are trying to fly over Giga Shanghai, which suggests, pardon me, that they are going to start getting the Project Highland cars either out on the track, the test track, or just, you know, outside the plant and or into production and spitting out of that factory pretty soon. When you take it all together with Highland, the pot is starting to boil over. The water in the pot is starting to boil. So I have to imagine that Highland is pretty soon. Even if it's not this month, it's going to be coming up much sooner than, you know, any time into 2024, I think. I think it's going to be before the year is out and I can't wait to see it. But then again, Tesla is historically hard to predict as well. So if for all I know, it may go up on the design studio and be available before you can even listen to this podcast, but odds are it's going to be closer to the end of the year when they start doing the 2024 production year models. All right, that is everything I've got for you in another busy week of Tesla news, but stick with me. I'll be right back with plenty more right after this. Before I get to the Ride the Lightning hotline, I want to remind you that that charity raffle is coming up where you can win a Tesla of your choosing, including the Cybertruck, and the early bird raffle is coming up this week. So that piece of it is the deadlines coming up, but then the regular raffle is still, uh, you'll still have some time. But if you want to get in on that early bird raffle, uh, now is the time to act. So the cause here is the Chicago Chesed Fund, a nonprofit organization that's dedicated to helping families in crisis. This is their ninth annual Tesla raffle. They are funding 80 plus programs and services right now. Their goal is to help families get back on their feet by offering things like food, furniture, jobs, etc. And you can win a Tesla, including the Cybertruck, or 50,000 in cash for your chance to win. Head to ccfraffle.com where you can get $25 off of two tickets or get $500 off of 15 tickets by using the promo code RTL. You gotta hurry. The tickets are limited. Only 9,999 of them will be sold. And then that early bird raffle I mentioned, you gotta buy two or more tickets before July 11th. If you do that, you will be automatically added into that second early bird prize drawing for the chance to win a bottle of Tesla tequila. 
And even if you do win that Tesla tequila in that early bird raffle, you'll still be eligible for the main raffle. So again, get your tickets today at ccfraffle.com. Use the coup- the promo code. It's not, I guess, the same thing. Coupon code, promo code, RTL, to get a $25 discount on two tickets or $500 discount on 15 tickets. That's ccfraffle.com. R-A-F-F-L-E dot com, promo code R-T-L. Meanwhile, our friends at Accelerate Auto continue to offer you this discount as well. The $100 off of your extended warranty purchase for your Tesla by using the discount code LIGHTNING. They've also got some big news coming on next week's podcast, so stay tuned for that as well. There's uh, something new that uh, they tell me that Basically, everybody's been asking for that they're going to have next week. So stay tuned next week for details on that. But in the meantime, again, if you're comparing Tesla's extended warranty to an X-Care plan, I really do think that the X-Care is the better option just because it's more flexible. So because, again, for starters, it's a fixed two-year, 25,000-mile extended coverage plan through Tesla and... You can only buy it before your factory warranty is up, and it only applies if you bought the car new from Tesla. With X-Care, it doesn't matter if you bought the car new from Tesla, you bought it from somewhere else. It doesn't matter if the car is already past the four-year, 50,000-mile factory warranty. So plenty of flexibility. X-Care offers up to 10 years and up to 125,000 miles of coverage after that factory warranty is up. Uh, You can also make sure to take advantage of the cool things like rental reimbursement that the Tesla plan doesn't have and trip interruption coverage. It's got a $100 deductible, just like the Tesla extended plan, and 24-7 roadside assistance for you, just like the Tesla plan. So basically, it matches everything that the Tesla extended plan does, but then goes even beyond that. So I do recommend it. Check them out. See which plan is right for you and your car. Go to accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's x-c-e-l-e-r-a-t-e-a-u-t-o dot com slash x-c-a-r-e. Don't forget that discount code lightning to get $100 off, if I can say it correctly, 100 bucks off of your policy purchase. All right, time for the Ride the Lightning hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I welcome and encourage you to call in and potentially be featured on the podcast as the uh, number of folks are about to be here. But first, I will let you know how you can call into the podcast. There are two easy ways to do it. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software Record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then email that recording to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question, comment, or discussion topic and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The toll-free number to do that is 1-888-989-989. 8752. Perhaps the easier way to remember that is 
T-S-L-A. And by the way, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. Let's kick it off with David T. from Syracuse, New York. Hey, Ryan. This is David T. from Syracuse, New York, third-time caller, long-time listener. So I'm currently driving in my Model Y. I'm on my way to work. You know, we've had some crazy weather here lately in Syracuse. Uh, I was just curious, how awesome would it be if there was an official Tesla weather app? And furthermore, how cool would it be if the GPS and user interface would put you at a certain, like, supercharger or specifically routed uh, pretty much towards a, like in a, in a brutal thunderstorm. You know, it would be nice to have the optional notification on your screen once you're in the area of multiple and essentially like have a choice of which one to click and choose from. I hope you, Daisy, and your family are well and keep up all the great work and thanks for all you do. Take care. David, I love this call. Thank you for making it. Yes, I couldn't agree more with you on this. I would be thrilled to see Tesla bake a weather app into the Tesla UI that can take into account the forecast, not just of where you are, but of where you're going. Now, I will apologize to anybody out there if that sounds a bit weird. Like, what do you mean the different forecast where I'm going? Here in the San Francisco Bay Area, we really do have the microclimates that you may have heard about. And it can actually be, especially at this time of year, It can be 10 plus degrees different if you drive five miles in any direction. So it it would be nice, at least for me, to have uh, the car be able to show me that, hey, maybe I should be wearing a uh, a bring a jacket with me or, or just dress differently for where I'm going. Anyway, David, yes, I love the idea about rerouting you around something like, for instance, as you noted, a bad thunderstorm or other bad weather event or at least giving you the choice of that alternate route, right? That avoids that inclement weather. Even if it's a little bit longer of a route, it'll tell you it could, you know, it could easily point that out in the UI. I also acknowledge that it might be possible that Tesla is already doing this to a lesser degree, perhaps with wind, if anything, like headwind, tailwind, but it would be fun to see them take it even further, even if that's the case. David, thank you again for your call. Next up, coincidentally, we are going to stay in Syracuse and hear from Mark. Hi, Ryan. This is Mark from Syracuse. Long-time listener. I notice there's often discussion about the automatic uh, windshield wipers on Teslas. I've always had good luck with mine, both my 2018 uh, Model 3 and my new uh, Model Y 23. Uh, I feel they work correctly about 95% of the time. But that said, last week I was driving with some friends in the back seat, and it was raining lightly for a while. The wipers were working fine. Then after a while, the rain stopped, but the wipers kept going. They were on high. I hit the little button on the end of the wiper stock and, and then hit the off icon. Uh, I tried uh, all the other speeds as well. Nothing was affecting them. Uh, They just kept going fast. I even rebooted the console while I was driving, and nothing helped. They just kept on. Uh, So finally, I I got off the highway and stopped at a gas station because I had a hunch. 
Uh, so I use the gas station uh, squeegee washer thing and I wash my wind windshield, especially in front of the cameras, which as you probably guessed, had a big squished bug right in the view of the cameras. I'm glad to say that immediately fixed it and it's been fine ever since. I assume this is a pretty rare circumstance, but I thought you might get a kick out of it. Uh, anyway, thanks, uh, thanks for the podcast and for all you do, and have a great day, and goodbye. Mark, thank you for sharing that anecdote. It had to be a bit embarrassing to have that happen with your friends in the car, I'm sure. But I'll tell you, I give you a lot of credit for stopping to check that area in front of the cameras on the windshield, because I'm not sure I would have thought to do the same. It is unfortunate that we can't see that spot from inside the car. I mean, I'm glad you were able to get it figured out quickly to restore your previous streak of having really good luck with your auto wipers. So thank you for calling in and sharing that, Mark, so that we can all, it's kind of a pro tip, a little, a little like a half a pro tip, that we can all keep that in mind if, if our wipers are behaving a little weirdly, like, yeah, maybe, maybe stop and just double check that area at the top of the windshield on the outside, right? right in that camera's field of view. So, Mark, take care. Thank you very much. Next is Pam from Mesa, Arizona. Hello, Ryan. This is Pam from Mesa, Arizona. Always uh, enjoy your podcast and listening for many years. I got my Model S six years ago. I absolutely love it. It's a 2017. And ever since I've had this car, you know, I've been telling my son just how cool it is and and that kind of thing. So now my son is 18 and he's working at a quote fast food restaurant type thing. And a Tesla employee walked in and my son asked him, Hey, when is the roadster coming out? I know you may not like this answer, but he was told 2029. So whether that's true or not, that came from a Tesla worker here in Mesa, Arizona. Thanks a bunch, Ryan. Enjoy your podcast. Continue the great work. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Pam, thank you very much for the call and for the kind words. Now, fortunately, I can pretty confidently put zero faith in what that Tesla employee told your son. And I say that nicely because Tesla famously doesn't communicate a lot of that higher level insider kind of information down to the larger team. And if this Tesla employee is in the East Valley, I would think odds are they're in sales or service as opposed to being, say, on the engineering team as as Zelina tries to get Bike Club started over here with uh, with Daisy. That's Zelina. Can we not do this now? Anyway, um, so you know, in other words, what I'm trying to say is roles where big company secrets are shared are are probably not in sales or service. If that's uh, indeed where where uh, this person that, that told this to your son works. I mean, I will say, if the Roadster didn't come out until 2029, I think Elon and Tesla would get sued long before that by the folks who put down their either $50,000 or in the case of the Founder Series versions of the new Roadster, they put down $250,000 back in as early as late 2017. Our last update from the guy who would know for sure, Elon Musk, was, as you'll remember, a quote, kind of, well, paraphrase, maybe late 2024, meaning, well, probably 2025. But as we know, Elon time is a thing. But I do think even with Elon time, it's 
pretty unlikely to push us all the way out to the end of the decade. Thankfully, thankfully, Elon time is generally um, not had had that sort of much of a buffer to it. Anyway, uh, Pam, enjoy that Model S and thank you for the call. On the subject of the Model S and Model X, actually, let's talk to Nigel from the Isle of Wight. Hi, Ryan. This is Nigel from the Isle of Wight in the UK. I was having my 2019 Model 3 retrofitted with the pedestrian warning speaker at the Southampton Dock Service Centre last week. And while I was there, as well as a sea of Teslas being unloaded from container ships, I saw four Tesla Model X plaids driving out onto the road for delivery. I could clearly see they were left-hand drive, so despite the inconvenience of driving left-hand drive in a right-hand drive country, there are clearly people willing to buy them regardless. I was talking to another Tesla owner there, and they mentioned how Tesla had recently painted a drive-by-wire system for their cars. And they speculated that eventually, if a Model X or any future new model had drive-by-wire, it could make switching left-hand drive to right-hand drive far easier in terms of reduction. So maybe one day we'll have right-hand drive S's and X's once more here in the UK and other right-hand drive markets. Anyway, just thought I'd share that. I'm a big fan, listening to and reading your IGN stuff way before Ride the Lightning. So keep up the great work and give the dogs a big scratch behind the ear for me. Cheers, Ryan. Nigel, it is wonderful to hear from you. Well, yes, clearly someone was going to take Tesla up on their offer to build and deliver them a left-hand drive Model S or Model X in the UK. And for all the trouble that they're going to have at drive through windows and whatnot with the steering wheel and the, the driver's seat on the wrong side, they will in return be rock stars on the road as, of course, there will be very few plaid S's and X's or just, just new S's and X's on the road over there. And your point about the future possibilities of right-hand drive because of Tesla's recent steer-by-wire patent that point is well taken. You are absolutely right, though I can't help but wonder if the S and the X are just too low volume regardless. And instead, maybe that drive-by-wire patent might be used in the right-hand drive context to instead more quickly and easily make more right-hand drive threes and Ys, the higher volume vehicles. But I certainly, certainly hope that you are correct. The final call that I have time for this week comes from Tyler in the greater Boston area. Go ahead, Tyler. Hey, Ryan. This is Tyler calling from greater Boston, um, specifically in response to your call last week for an additional streaming service. Um, I'd just like to put my two cents out there for YouTube music to be added to Tesla's Next. Um, they have podcasts also specifically recently and have a free tier as well as a paid tier. So I think that'd be a great fit and I would personally love it. Great call here, Tyler. In fact, I am selfishly glad that you mentioned this because I recently got an email from listener Mike in Woodbridge, Virginia, who kindly told me about YouTube Music now offering full podcast support. I did not know about that. And so, thanks to Mike giving me the heads up, now anybody out there who might be interested in listening to this podcast via YouTube Music, well, you now can, because I've added it on there. Uh, I can't find a way to get it to just auto-sync every week. I'm having to manually put them in, but that only takes a minute. That's no big deal. But it is there. Uh, Ride the Lightning is on YouTube Music. So 
Yes, thanks to Mike. Thanks to you, Tyler, for bringing this up. I agree. YouTube music would be a fantastic choice to replace the outgoing Stitcher with. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you to everybody who kindly took the time to call in and make your voice heard here on Ride the Lightning. I will get to more phone calls on next week's podcast. But for now, I'm not done yet. Stick around. There's more Ride the Lightning Tesla podcast action coming at you right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Welcome back. As for what's happening with me and my car, well, coming up very soon is the Tesla takeover in San Luis Obispo. It is less than three weeks away, so I am hoping to meet a number of you there. I will be there moderating a panel on Saturday, July 29th. I'm unable to stay for both days, but I will be there Saturday uh, and I will be participating. And then I'll just be milling around, hanging out, looking to chat with you guys, meet some of you face to face. I am very much looking forward to that. Uh, In the meantime, if you need an entertainment recommendation, here's a little curveball one that I actually recently just found out about this myself. I want to thank our our, uh, comics expert at IGN, Joshua Yell, who recommended this in an article on IGN. It It is a comic book, and it is called Batman 89, and it's written by Sam Hamm, the writer of the movie, of the Tim Burton 1989 Batman movie. And these comics, it's a run of them. I bought the little like collection of it on on uh, my iPad, you know, iBook thing. And it's a, it's a collection of comics and it takes place after Batman and Batman Returns. So it's kind of taken you through, you know, more of the Keaton years, as it were. Although they've had to change the look of the characters so they don't look like the actor, the actors, presumably for a you know licensing and, and rights issue. But anyway, I've been enjoying those. So if like me, you're a fan of Batman uh, 1989 from Tim Burton, check out that comic book. All right, uh, next is your pro tip of the week. It's from regular caller Somi in Vancouver, British Columbia. Hello, Ryan. This is Somi from Vancouver, British Columbia. I have a pro tip for you. I don't know if it's been covered before, but if it has, this is maybe just a good reminder. So recently, uh, I had been managing my shortcuts, my favorite locations in my Tesla, and uh, several people have moved. There's other areas. I have moved, so there's areas where I wanted to delete it, and um, I found a very quick way to delete them. So if you pull up the uh, favorites list, uh, and you'll see all of the um, the locations that have a, a a pin icon to the right of them. And so if I go ahead, and I'm doing this as I talk here, as I, if I go ahead and tap, but not tap, but hold down on a location that I want to delete, the pin uh, icon to the right then turns into an X. And you can just select that X or tap that X, and then the location will be deleted. So... Just passing that on any, in case anybody else wants to do a little bit of purging. Um, thanks. Somi, it is always wonderful to hear from you. This is an excellent pro tip, and I didn't know this one. It's extremely useful, so thank you very much for teaching me and probably a number of other folks out there a welcome new bit of information about our cars. And as always, if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, 
please send it in. You can do so the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls, and I gave you the instructions for that a few minutes ago on the podcast. All right, before I go here, let me mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that can hopefully be of use to you. Starting with abstractocean.com, just a very reliable partner to all of us for a very long time here in the Tesla community. For a very long time, they've offered that very nice 15% off coupon code for first-time orders. That code is RTL Podcast, all one word, no spaces. There's so much good stuff on abstractocean.com, no matter which Tesla you own, from tempered glass screen protectors that are custom fit for the Tesla center screens to the uh, interior lighting kits, such as the rear footwell lighting kit, which I especially think is awesome for you Model Y owners, drop-in cup holder stabilizers, just all kinds of stuff. It's across the board. There's not one category. They've got every category. They're like the Costco of aftermarket Tesla accessories. That I think would be the, the best way to sum it up. So head on over, take a look, see what you like at abstractocean.com. Pile everything that you like into your cart and use that coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, the snap plate is available, once again, for all four Teslas currently in production. You can get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. This is the front license plate bracket that I recommend you use rather than the one that Tesla gives you because this one goes on securely but also comes off easily if you want it to. And when it comes off, it leaves nothing behind. No unsightly hardware, no automotive tape residue because it doesn't use automotive tape. So check it out, everyamp.com slash RTL. Maybe you want to put it on if you're going to be parking at a parking meter or going through a bridge or toll booth, something like that. But take it off if you're detailing your car, you're going to, you're taking to show it, you're going to show show it off at uh, Cars and Coffee, something like that, everyamp.com slash RTL. BudgetSafeSolar.com, that's where you want to go to get yourself started down the path to getting solar installed at your home, your business, or both. Uh, and they now also offer battery backup, home battery storage is part of the package now if you would like it to be. So go to BudgetSafeSolar.com. If Tesla Solar doesn't end up working out for you as it didn't for me, so check them out, BudgetSafeSolar.com. If you do proceed with an installation, I kindly ask that you use the referral code RTL for that one. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, the wonderful detailing talents of Jeff McGovern and his uh, small crew of talented detailers there. They will take wonderful care of you and especially of your car. So uh, I can vouch for him quite a lot. I've had my car in there for touch-ups over time. As you know, if you've been a long-time listener, I've had a few times where the, the paint protection film has saved my factory paint. And the Jeff has gone and he takes the the damaged film off and replaces that film and boom, I'm right back out on the road with my, my factory paint still intact, still good. 
and with some fresh protection on there. So whether you want to do paint protection film, as I have, on some or all of the car, maybe you want to do ceramic coating on the car so that you don't have to wax it for the next three to five years. Maybe you want to do paint correction to get your paint finish looking as good as it possibly can. Whatever your choice, whatever you're thinking about doing, head on over to Immaculate Reflections here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. The website is irdetailing.com. You can check them out on Instagram. The uh, Instagram address is, or the handle, I should say, is immaculate underscore reflections. And on Yelp, you can check them out there, yelp.com slash immaculate reflections. Just if you do reach out, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener, and that's how you get that nice little discount that Jeff continues to offer for my listeners, which I'm very grateful to him for doing. Finally, uh, the ways to listen to the podcast. You heard me mention YouTube music. Uh, I'm also, I guess, I mean, it's probably easier if you're going to listen to me on YouTube, do it that way. But there is also just the regular YouTube channel with quote unquote videos, even though there's no video. So you can search for me, Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube. You'll find me that way if you just want to keep a tab open, listen to the podcast that way. But through the major podcast services, I'm on most of them, if not all of them. So I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher until it's shut off next month, TuneIn, and Spotify. So whichever podcast service you prefer, you can look me up on there. You can subscribe to or follow whatever the specific podcast service calls it. It's free no matter what it is. And the point of doing that is so that each new episode, when it hits on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, is pushed out to you automatically. You don't have to remember, oh yeah, it's a new podcast day for Ride the Lightning. I should go download it. You don't have to do that if you subscribe on your favorite podcast service. You can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And I mentioned my social media handles, Twitter and Instagram, same handles, DMC underscore Ryan on either of those. Finally, a hello and a thank you goes out to the higher tier Patreon backers, the extra generous folks who as part of their stacking uh, just rack of, of perks that they get, for backing me at the higher levels on my Patreon, they get a weekly shout-out. So I will start with the Maximum Plaid crew, who are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, we Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, 
Tom Behan, and Josh Pennington. Thank you all very much. We had the monthly Patreon Zoom hangout last weekend for all the Maximum Plaid and higher backers. And as always, we had a blast. Time flew by. We ended up doing an hour and five minutes instead of the hour that we had scheduled. We talked about we talked about lots of stuff. We talked about solar quite a bit, which was interesting to hear different people's experiences with solar and and kind of what they're what they're getting and what their strategy is with it. And we talked Cybertruck. We talked lots of stuff. It was a, it was a good time. The MP3 recording of that is up on Patreon for anybody at that maximum plaid tier or higher who missed it and wanted to go back and listen in. The Roadster in Space tier backers, thank you very much to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Kara Weston, Robert from near Philly, and Chase Lancaster. Finally, a thank you goes out to the Plaid level supporters. That tier has been eliminated, but those kind folks are grandfathered in for very generously continuing to back me at that level, and they get all the perks that they get. They're, they're grandfathered in. So thank you very much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Thank you very much to everybody at all Patreon tiers for generously supporting me, because again, it's voluntary. You know, this podcast is free. It'll always be free, but I am so grateful to you kind folks who uh, do choose out of the goodness of your hearts to support what I'm doing here on Patreon each month. All right, that will wrap it up for episode 414, the palindromatic episode 414. Uh, Next week, I'll just uh, mention in advance here, I have to record early as I'm going on my annual baseball weekend trip with my uncles, a tradition that was started a few years ago before the pandemic had to take a year off and and unfortunately, this year we will be we'll be raising a glass to my cousin Pat, who was a founding member of our of our baseball trip family event, and um, and boy, yeah, we'll be we'll be raising a glass to him. We we will miss him, but we we just figure, you know what? He w- he would want us to keep doing this because it's a great time to see each other and and just talk baseball and and just uh, enjoy baseball games, which we all love. So. Anyway, sorry, I got a little sappy on you there for a second, but the point is I'm leaving Friday morning for St. Louis. I've never been to St. Louis, going to Bush Stadium. It looks like a great ballpark. I know it's famously a great baseball town, so I'm looking forward to that that, uh, aspect of it. So I've got to leave. I'm leaving on Friday, and so I'll be recording Ride the Lightning on Thursday evening. So as always, if I miss any big news that breaks on Friday before I normally would have recorded, I will pick that up on the following week's episode. 
But for those of you who are kindly backing on Patreon, you will get the next episode, 415, you'll get it even earlier access than you usually get. So, alrighty, that'll do it. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you back here once again for more Tesla good times next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.